The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's up, everybody? Anthony Cazenza here with the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. And as promised, we kind of have been doing a little bit of the special guests and different fun shows. This one was a little bit, uh, we've been talking about it for a while, but it was a little bit last minute in terms of how I plan it because I'm just sloppy like that, I guess. But we've got a special guest. It is the Iceman Jeff Trenopole from Cincinnati Sports with Strawberry Ice. A great show and kind, kind man to our show. He just had John cheering on this week. Was John, was John uh, this week? My weeks run together. It, was, it might have been this week or last week. I, I don't remember, to be honest. My, my shows run together sometimes. But yeah, here re- recently John was on, on the show. So yes. <laughs> well, well, welcome welcome to the show again, Jeff. Good to have you back on. We Thanks, might be sir. joined by John. I Like I said, last minute, I'm like, oh, hey, John, I forgot to tell you. Um, <laughs> well, I said, when I tweeted uh, out, I said, I said, I know Anthony's going to be honest. I said, I don't know if John's coming on or not. So I know it'll be me and AC. So we'll see what happens. Well, <laughs> open invite. Hopefully John joins us. We're kind of doing a little impromptu show. Like I said earlier this week, what we're doing, we're going to, we since the Combine's a big deal, and obviously there are a lot of eyes on the Bengals and what they're going to be doing to potentially improve their team, mostly through the, well, we don't know. We're thinking a lot of it's going to be through the draft. Some of it's going to be through free agency, but we're kind of keeping tabs on all of it, updating you all on what's going on at Indianapolis. Things are kind of normal there. There was an announcement that the NFL is the first league in the U.S. to start pulling back COVID restrictions, COVID testing, all that kind of stuff. So we are Moving forward and starting to get in the clear, which is good news there. We like to we like to hear and see that. And cases are, yeah, <laughs> cases are very, very far down. And we are very stoked on on all of that, as exactly. I'm sure the league is. And that's that. I mean, I don't want to talk a ton of COVID stuff here, Jeff. But I mean, I, I know that that's a big domino, I think, just in general in the sports landscape and everything in terms of what's going to follow. Right. I mean, yeah, exactly. I, you, you would expect when the NFL makes that big of a, a step forward on this sort of thing that other other leagues, other entities will probably start doing the same. Right, exactly. I mean, they, they were talking about the, the combine a couple weeks ago, making it a bubble. 
which to yeah. me never made any sense because we just went through a whole football season and none of them were a bubble, which I'm glad they're not doing that because I got tickets. I'm going to go Sunday and uh, check out some of the combines. It'll be the first time I've ever gotten to go to the combine. So I'm, I'm excited about that. But yeah, I'm looking forward to, to getting back to normal. You know, I'll go back up on the bridge and watch the, the Bengals, hopefully in OTAs, but OTAs are usually inside the stadium, but at least for uh, 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 training camp, I'm, I'm going to be back on my bridge watching again. Uh, yeah, your bridge crew, right? Yeah, which you, yep. which is the bridge crew. That's right. Yep. Well, real quick, bridge crew. That's right. As if our listeners don't already know about your your great show, would you tell everybody real quick about what you're doing and all of that? In case for some reason they're dummies and aren't subscribing to your channel, aren't listening to what you're doing because you have a lot of great guests. You do it. We try and do stuff daily here. It doesn't always work out that way. You do dedicate your show daily and uh, do an awesome job. So tell us a little bit about your show. Well, I appreciate that, Anthony. Yes, I do it every single day. It's 95 to 99% Bengals at Cincinnati Sports Strawberry <laughs> Ice. It's on YouTube. Um, it's also, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Sports with Strawberry Ice, Facebook, Instagram, all that. Uh, it's live every day, Monday through Friday at 530. Uh, if you miss it, obviously, it's on YouTube. You can rewatch it anytime you want. Also, I pull the sound off and I put it on a podcast. So it's pretty much wherever you get your podcast, Bean Pod. Uh, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher Play, like I said, pretty much wherever you get your podcast. So if you missed it live or you don't want to watch it on YouTube, you can listen to it because a lot of times your guys' show, especially this is what I was telling John the other night. I said, you guys do a uh, 8.30 uh, Wednesday night show. And I got to go to bed because I have to be at work, you know, at like 3 in the morning or whatever. So a lot of times I'll listen to your guys' show on the podcast on Cincy Jungle. So if you guys can't see mine and you miss it, go check out the podcast. Well, the YouTube channel, we pinned that link in the live chat. We were um, stoked to have the Aaron's join us last week. Uh, yeah, Bengals fans said, yeah, thanks. And so we're kind of doing a little bit of the same thing with ice. And obviously he's got a great show and just kind of talking with fans and content creators and all kinds of things. And uh, it's been a little while since ice has been on our show and he's been generous to both John and I. So we're stoked to have you back on, man. If you guys have some questions, we'll kind of be doing some listener questions, but we're going to kind of also update you on some things going on with the combine, some things going on with the Bengals, different headlines, sound bites, things of that nature that keep coming out of Indianapolis. Uh, I'm at a loss a little bit as, as to where to start today, Jeff, but uh, go for it. Go for well, it. For me, I, I watched the combine last night, and, and I know it's Bengals, but I'm a, I'm a Cincinnati guy, so I'm a Bearcat fan. To watch uh, Desmond Ritter and Alec Pierce mm-hmm. – perform as well as they did last night got me stoked i mean desmond ritter i think ran the fastest 40 of, out of all the quarterbacks he they put him up against uh patrick mahomes and and uh a couple other guys i can't remember patrick mahomes the one i always remember because he's he was all the way in the back but he was the fastest one out there alec pierce i think set the the record or the for the best uh vertical leap so as far as bearcats goes they're setting the bar up high we got sauce garner tonight so i'm excited i can't wait to see it. malik willis looked really good last night throwing the ball yep. as well he looked very good. Yep, and I, I let's let's kind of start there because I mean, obviously, it's that's kind of it, it is who it is who's worked out so far, and right, um, right. we're taking the air shortly before I believe the offensive linemen take take the field today. Yep, um, big uglies but, run, at, run at four o'clock. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So uh, we'll we'll keep an eye on that. We'll probably be on the air as some of that stuff goes on here, and we'll update you on that. But. It, a lot of the wide receivers ran very, very well. It seems like every single year these guys get faster and faster. And then, of course, like you said, the quarterbacks come into play. Now, I want to. This is on NFL.com, and I want to 
ask you this question here and get your mm-hmm. thoughts on this. I mean, these are some of the winners by Chad Ruder, a writer from NFL.com, Sky Moore out of uh, Western Mich- Michigan. Man, Olav ran mm-hmm. awesome yesterday. Um, uh, Okonkwo, hopefully I'm saying that name, uh, the Maryland tight end, right, play, uh, right. ran very, very well. Kind of a Vernon Davis type, Vernon Davis light type of guy, same school and kind of a smaller guy for a tight end, but very, very athletic. Uh, and then you've just got more and more wide receivers and, of course, Malik Willis. So what, where I'm going with this is obviously we have yet to see where free agency plays out. And everybody in their in their mother is thinking um, that the Bengals are going to go offensive line, maybe edge rush or first pick or early and often. Do you think that maybe if some of these wide receivers fall – Auden Tate's a free agent. There's some other guys in there, free agents. Maybe even one of these top quarterbacks, if they somehow are there in round three, maybe round four, unlikely, not a Malik Willis, but maybe these teams aren't as enamored with some of these top quarterbacks as other uh, other teams or other people suspect. Might that be, in your estimation, a sneaky pick for the Bengals in terms of a position? To pick, to pick a quarterback instead of a cornerback? That's what you're well, saying? Well, a, ba- a backup quarterback, a, a another um, wide receiver. Um, well, you know, if you're talking maybe late late day two, if there's a top prospect out there still floating out there in the third round, at the end of the third round, or potentially early day three, might that be an option? Third round, I could definitely see them taking a wide receiver. And and that's one thing that they're saying last night. With, I mean, I think the wide receivers set the – all of them set the fastest records as a – group ever in the in the combine last night so you're going to get a, a guy with speed i mean one of the guys at first they thought he he brought broke john ross's uh uh combine record but after it became official it was it, he didn't it was close but yeah with all these these wide receivers are absolutely i could see the Bengals picking one up in third fourth hell you might be able to get one in the in the, in the fifth round as many as there is there is out there right now so mm-hmm. yeah absolutely i, I think because it is something the, the Bengals have to consider with Alton Tate most likely not going to be re-signed. And you do need a fourth wide receiver because, let's be honest, Anthony, the Bengals were extremely healthy this year. And that's one of the things I keep prefacing on my show is we need to get depth, better at depth in, in different positions, offensive line, um, cornerbacks, secondary, wide receivers, stuff like that. Um, so, yes, if they're there and there's a very good chance someone could be there, I think they, they will take a flyer on one of them. A quarterback – I don't know. I mean, everybody, a lot of people are, are against Brandon Allen. I'm, I'm not against him, but I, I mean, I'm not like, yeah, we have to keep him. I mean, if there's a guy there to upgrade, sure. I mean, they could do it because that's that's where if the Bengals do what we all think they're going to do and upgrade the offensive line of free agency, then that just puts the draft as drafting the best players available. And yep. honestly, I think they the best player available needs to be a, a more of a, a defensive heavy draft because the last couple of years they spent all this money on the on the defense free free agents and all that stuff, which is great but they're we're not gonna be able to keep all of them for the next couple of years you know they all got two three year contracts we need some people behind them ready to step in and take their spot and like i said i started this long rant here we're should be healthy last year the likelihood of the Bengals being as healthy as they were this year again next year the odds aren't aren't very good so you got to have depth so they can plug and play guys for however long somebody gets injured for. So that's kind of a long-winded answer. About the, no, I like it. And, and for the record, I'm not saying day two, the Bengals need to pick a quarterback prospect yeah. that's out there necessarily. I'm saying if one of these guys, a Desmond Ritter. Hey, hey buddy. <laughs> My son's coming in and saying hi. Um, 
my uh my hey say hi to jeff hey buddy what's up <laughs> um, my uh my my point was that uh you know if, if a quarterback falls in the draft maybe to the top of day three i go back to washington a hand uh, a decade ago now when they drafted rg3 in the first round and kirk cousins in the fourth mm-hmm. you know i mean I, I, the Bengals are looking to potentially upgrade a number of different spots they probably want a talented developmental backup quarterback there obviously burrow's the guy that's not the question um it's just you know how do you how do you upgrade your team who's the best available all of that and if a quarter one of these talented quarterbacks inexplicably falls to the top of day three maybe that's a route they take I think wide receiver is another route they take because Darren Simmons on uh, on Thursday I think it was said that basically you know they like Trent Taylor but they're looking at options at punt returner as well and with these guys who have some speed here maybe a return man the kickoff return situation was a bit in flux chris evans showed a lot of different things later in the year but you know maybe that's an option for special teams that they look at again round three top of day three that sort of thing yeah well look at this way just the trent taylor thing i mean they they gave uh, phillips every opportunity to to try to be the punt returner and trent didn't take over till what the last month of the season i think so they just by that aspect alone i don't think they're completely enamored with Trent Taylor, but they did resign him. So he is an option that they could keep as far as the punt return and all that goes on. So that being said, yeah, it could be something that happens. And if there are, which I think there's going to be wide receivers that are going to be out there available to be taken. Like I said, there was, I don't know, 15 or so last night and they all ran fast and they all looked extremely uh, quick and they all could be punt returners. So, yes, if they are there, then, yes, you, you could be looking for somebody. And that just goes to the – again, to where if they fix the offensive line, they would have the option to be able to uh, draft for depth, draft for another uh, punt returner. And and if it, if it creates competition between whoever they draft and Trent uh, Taylor, sign me up for it. I'm all for competition in every spot. I, like like um, uh, Dave Lapham says, he goes, every year he went to camp, he had to fight for his job. And that's the way I think it should be in every position. Yeah, and that's one of the things I I like about Pete Carroll. It's always compete, compete, compete. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think that's a good mantra to have. I want to remind folks to, that they can get in touch with us, 949-542-6241. You can leave some questions in the live chats, either via the OBI YouTube channel, the Cincy Jungle Facebook page, or a number of other routes. And uh, we'll be monitoring those. We'll also just be kind of talking about what's going on with the Bengals and at the combine and we've got our buddy Terrell on the line Jeff calling in uh Terrell sorry to keep you waiting there buddy I had an unexpected invasion from my oldest son coming in and and hanging out but what's going on man oh you're all good man you know it's all family I'm I'm, I actually got my daughter with me on my way driving home but uh man big fan of strawberry ice he already know I I'm mad man he probably don't remember me man it was one after the, uh, I want to say the the Ravens game or the uh, or the Chiefs game when when we beat them, and I ran up to him. I, I told him I, I was a good, I was a big fan. But uh, oh, look cool. at us, man! That's I mean, cool. uh, but look at us though. USC and UC doing their thing. Mm-hmm. We back on the map. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, I gotta say, uh, real quick, uh, a good thing about the quarterback situation y'all was talking about. I actually talk, I actually uh, did a live chat with Dave Latham. And I kind of asked him the same thing. 
he kind of basically said thing, basically said thing y'all was saying. But my big thing is though, I've been looking at the combine. I'm liking the Virginia tight end over sample. That's who I want in the third or fourth. He had a big run, so I think he's climbing up. And I hope we get a corner. And I hope he gets a line. I want to say who they and and God bless. All right, thanks, Terrell. We'll uh, we'll take you off the air there, but always good to hear from you, my friend. And don't be a stranger. Exactly. Yeah, I I, I, I would like know you too. I like to say I I, I totally remember who, who who you were, but I I I'm terrible at names and stuff like that. But I'm glad you you came up and said hi. And like I said, anytime anybody ever sees me at, at the Bengals game, you know I'm down at 158. Come up and say hi. We talk football anytime you want, and that's cool with me. Since he's celeb, strawberry ice, you know, you know how it goes. Yeah, um, I don't know about all that now. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a it's a cool cool. I don't know. I, I you know when I was there week one, it's just a it's a cool deal. Hey, the the hey, Bengal gym hanging were, out and everybody hanging bigger, out and there was a bigger crowd of people around you than me at Bengal gyms. I'm just saying, Andy. No, I'm just saying. No, no. <laughs> um, well, you look if you if you kind of had your your way here i mean i know mm-hmm. free agency has yet to play out if you're looking at those first two picks are you just saying hey offensive line no matter what at this point uh, because free agency has yet to happen at offensive line no matter what at 31 or are you still kind of doing what the Bengals subscribe to in terms of best player available maybe that's a corner i think it's got to be a blend of best player available and need i think the Bengals just can't where they are at so many different spots on the roster. I mean, I, I don't see if there's one of these talented guys, you know, if a Chris Olav falls all the way to the back end of the first round, you don't, you don't really right. need that guy. So it's kind of like, even, even if you're saying best player available, that that's probably not something right. you would go for if you're the Bengals, but right. Um, I don't know. I mean, are, are, are you, are you, are you it's, dead set offensive line at 31 or is it just kind of, Hey, it's an interesting question because, uh, like I said, I, I I keep saying I'm prefacing everything on what to do in free agency. But right as of right now, I would love to get an offensive lineman. But I what always scares me with that is I don't want to end up with Billy Price. You know, say say we're we're dead set on getting, and I'm probably going to mess his name up. Linenbog, I think I say his name. Linderbaum. Um, Linderbaum. I always mess his name up. We're dead set on getting him at center. And some people say he, he might drop there. Daniel Jeremiah said that he, that he might, which I would personally be completely shocked if he does. If that guy's there, then absolutely draft him. But if he's not, then do you want to reach for a guy that, you know, you're going to draft a guy that you could have drafted in the second round. That's where I don't want them to do. So I'm not saying you have to draft an offensive lineman, no matter what the first round It's just because let's, let's be honest. The Bengals have sucked <laughs> at drafting offensive linemen here lately. So I would prefer them to, unless he's one of the top tier guys, Draft the best guy available, and I think there's a good chance that uh, I'm not a uh, Wyatt from uh, Georgia, the, the defensive end. I think I like a good him. Chance, yeah, I, I think it's a really good chance that he could be there. And if he's there, sign me up for that. And like I said, I'm prefacing all this on that they're fixing the offensive line in free agency. That's where right. I think they're going to go. But who knows? <laughs> uh, okay, so there there was a question here about uh, let's see, where was the one? Well, I, I guess we could go here with Vito Scott on Facebook. Jackson Carmen will get better. Well, there was a, uh, and I'll, I'll pin this article here on cincyjungle.com. This is a quote from Duke Tobin at the Combine. Um, 
praising Jonah Williams and has big plans for Jackson Carmen. So this is where things get a little muddy, right? Um, mm-hmm. You see, you see here that I mean, obviously there's some talk. Maybe the Bengals make a trade for a left tackle, Laramie Tunsil out there, or some, or you know, whoever right. may be out there, and then Jonah right. Williams either gets kicked to right tackle or inside the guard or what have you. Um, and so uh, this is about Jackson Carmen. Quote: We think highly of him. He's a young player that's developing. He's got a lot of physical traits. He's got a taste of what the NFL is all about. He provided valuable snaps for us, and we feel like he's on track. To add to that, Jeff, Brian Callahan and Frank Pollock echoed that a little bit, saying basically he showed a lot of maturation in his first year and all of that. Um, so I don't know it, what what their exact designs are for Jackson Carmen and just kind of a sub subset here. Quote, I, I think Jonah played pretty well this year. I don't have a problem. Every tackle gets beat, but I know that other players on the offensive line and the other players in the offense. So I've got a, a topic about Jonah, but talk a little bit about Jackson Carmen and where your mindset is at in terms of him being in the mix for a starting position this year based on the struggles from last year. Well, my mindset is, is obviously the, the Bengals needed him to be a plug and play tackle last year, which he wasn't. Um, I, I do think him and Deontay Smith, I want to wrap them both up into this think can't, they can make, and will make a huge jump from year one to year two. I don't think the Bengals can bank on that is the thing. Cause we did it last year and it didn't work. So that's where, but as you know, and I know the Bengals don't spend money on guards. They just don't. And that's why my, I've been getting killed for this, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's going to happen. They spend money on centers. They spend money on tackles. They spend money on Brian Jensen, the center, and you kick Trey Hopkins to, to guard, which I know everybody's like, Oh, he was terrible at guard. I was like, everybody on that offense line was terrible. <laughs> like Hopkins was the best one. And, and people were like, you don't move a terrible guard to center. He was okay at guard. He was okay at center. Put him back at guard, he's okay. That leaves, to my mind, the other spot that you can let them battle it out. And maybe you bring Quentin Spain back too and let all three of them battle it out for that other guard spot. And that that is with getting another left or right tackle too in there as well. So that I am not against Jax Carmen. I think Jax Carmen and Deontay Smith can both be our future left or right tackles. Or not tackle, I mean guards. That's where I think that the Bengals see them as. But they did not show enough in my mind this year to go, yeah, we're going to let them definitely both of them be in or one of them be in. You know, and, and what I just said, I know I'm saying that one of them could be in, but that's what I'm, I'm saying pick up Spain again, too, and let them fight. Fight for the jobs. It's kind of where I'm at. So here's the other thing that, that okay, with the Jonah quote, right? Um, they, they like where Jonah's at. They, I think they admit there's some bumps in the road there a little bit. Uh, and the, the other aspect of it, we all know this now that Jonah Williams and one of the one of the things that we were concerned about were, was that trademark short arms as a tackle, right? He had the, he had the short arms coming out of the draft, and that was a concern. I think it's shown up at times. I think I think it's been masked at other times. Um, and I think for the critical year three, Jonah took some steps forward. Maybe not as big of the leaps as you would like, but some steps were taken forward, right? Right. Uh, the thing with Linderbaum as well that just came out today with the measurements and all of that, he has very short arms mm-hmm. and he is pigeonholed at just a center. So right. are you worried about that? And do you find the value? Because now he's a guy that was kind of viewed as potentially a generational center type of player, right? right. Mm-hmm. And so now 
you look at it and you go, okay, the measurables aren't really there in terms of arm length. He was already small kind of to begin with, and he was a center only, never played guard. Is that now we're at the conversation as is that even a number 31 pick right, <laughs> at this yeah. point for some folks? Um, so I, I guess, you know, I don't know if you have any thoughts about that or if you had heard about that with Linderbaum today. I, I had, I had that, that concerned you. Yeah, I had not heard about that about Linderbaum. Uh, but uh, Jonah, his short arms, yeah, uh, he hasn't been the generational left tackle that we have needed him to be. So, and I know Dave Lapham has actually talked about possibly moving Jonah into center, which to me, Dave Lapham played every position on, on the offensive line, started at least one game at every position. So it's easy for him. Not everybody can do that. I'm okay with moving Jonah from, from left to right. I think, I think with the short arms, it might be better for him to go to the right side and, and get your a blind, get Joe's blind side, better protected Armstead or, or, you know, Orlando, I'm just throwing names out there. Get somebody mm-hmm. on the left tackle. Now with Leinenbog, if he is, he does have the short arms that does, there's a very good chance that he could drop 231. And I guess at, at center, I guess my, I don't know enough about offensive line physicality or whatever. Is short arms that big of a deal as a center? I know it is as, as not as, as big. Tackle. No. Yeah. So that's where I'm kind of like, well, if he's there, I'm still taking him. I think, I mean, because he could be, he could be a, a I'm not going to say a, a, a franchise center, but, but that's what he was slotted as right now as a center. Yeah. I'm still taking him there, but like you said, he will only be a center. He won't be a guard. So that's where you have to take in into to a consideration there. But I know it kind of jumped around there. And one other thing I'll put too is Frank Pollock put it out there too, as well is it's not crazy talk as he said of moving Jonah. So they are of the, the, the thinking that Jonah Williams could possibly get kicked in to guard or kicked over to the right side. And that, that's where I think I keep, Banging this drum, Trey Hopkins can get kicked over to guard too. If they're moving, willing to move Jonah Williams. They're willing to move anybody, and that's where I think right. they're at. I think all the jobs are open. So, I personally, if Lionbog is still there, I'm still taking him. Okay, well, I'm I'm kind of in agreement. Again, it depends on how free agency plays out, what they end up doing. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We do have another call. Uh, good friend of the show, Charles Sims. I know we've seen him in some of the live chats and whatnot uh, joining yep. us. Uh, what's what's going on? Nothing much. Just getting off the high ride of the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl appearance, we know we lost, you know, a little short. But we know what our weaknesses is and we know what we need to fix. It's not as many as it was the year before. Mm-hmm. So I thought if we can fix these weaknesses, I think we can win it all next year. Absolutely. But my question is, the Zim who, who they approach was saying we buy O line and, and 
draft defense, yep. you think that could lead us to another Super Bowl appearance, or you think we need to add more O line to develop in the draft? So I feel like Carmen can develop as a left guard because when he played there, he wasn't bad. I feel like he had some flashes. I just feel like he just needs more time to develop to be a better guard right now. Just let him sit a couple more years and let him start the third year or fourth year. That's that's a good question, and we'll we'll take that off the air. Thanks for being patient and for calling back, Charles. And uh, we'll we appreciate your 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 support, my man. Uh, have a good weekend. Um, you too. All right. So, really good question there, and yeah. a really good point brought up by by him, Jackson Carmen. I believe it was uh, our buddy Andrew over at PFF who does a yes. lot of good research yes. there. I believe he I, put together. I'm loving what he's been saying lately. Uh, I, he's I, he's I, one of my favorite Twitter yes. guys. I'm trying sure. to get him on the show, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, he he put out I, I think kind of the scores of Jackson Carmen at the different positions that he played, and his best scores were at left guard. So Charles brings up a really good point there. And, of course, he didn't really get the opportunity there because they had some form of steadiness in the form of Quentin Spain right. uh, at, at left guard, and they tried him out at right guard. Here's the deal. I think the Bengals are going to go somewhat to pretty heavy in free agency at the offensive line, whether that's a Connor Williams, whether that's a you know a, a, a Jensen and a Connor Williams, a, Trent a, Brown. a handful of guys, yeah, any of those guys, mm-hmm. um, or a couple of them. But I, I do think draft will play a part of it, but they are not going to give up. That's the point of what I was sharing that article, and, and it's a good point by Charles here calling in. They are not going to give up on the Jackson Carmen experiment. Number one, he was coming off a of back surgery. Number two, he's a second-round pick. Number three, he was just 21 years old. So right. they're going to they're gonna give him every opportunity to learn, potentially grab a starting spot, so it may be – a Connor Williams as your new right guard. It may be someone as a center or a right tackle. Maybe it's Connor Williams. Maybe it's bringing in a Morgan Moses or Trent Brown. And maybe it is drafting Linderbaum. Should he be there in, in, and then you let Jackson Carmen try, try for that left guard spot and lost in this conversation, Jeff, another guy that they seem to like is Deontay Smith. Yep. And you got to try and give him a shot somewhere as well. Uh, so I, I do not think, I know a lot of people may get a little disenchanted, with hearing that Jackson Carmen is in the mix or in the plans, he's a second round pick. Right. He's, he's in the second year. He's very young. They're not going to give up and, on him. And, give him a and shot. he never and he never played uh, guard before. He was a tackle. So that that goes to think if you move into left guard, it's he's at least on the same side of the field that he pl- played it. So I am I am with you. They're not giving up on Jackson Carmen. They're not giving up on Deontay Smith. That and that's where I keep saying I think those they see those guys as one of them being our our, our left or right guard next year. Possibly both of them in 2023 is what I would like them to, or I think they would like to see. And and yeah, Leinenbog is there. This might be a good thing for the Bengals. If you get Leinenbog at at center and you get uh, Connor at, at right guard, and then we get uh, uh, Trent Brown, just say him, that's who I've been kind of doing some research on, at, at right tackle, and Jax Carmen or Deontay Smith is, is at left guard, sign me up for it. I think that's better than what we had this last year. Yeah, and I, I just... I think there'll be probably some more developmental guys in this year's draft in terms of offensive line prospects. They may use that number 31, by the way, said this Wednesday night, if they're going to draft a, a, an interior offensive lineman in the first round, 
where they're picking this year falls right in line with where they like to invest a pick for that. Mm-hmm. They're not right. going to pick up. They're not going to pick a guard or a center at 17. I mean, they did that a couple of years ago with Billy Price, but that was with a pick swap. And, well, all that kinds was, of different and that was because the guy they wanted. Desperation. Right. And that, that's what I don't want this year. <laughs> right. Right. They just, they just, and normally that 31 spot, I mean, you look, I, I mentioned it Wednesday, you go back to that 2012 draft. They had DeCastro and Zeitler sitting there when they were in the early twenties, they moved back and picked Kevin Zeitler in that one. Yep. Eric Steinbach, a very good guard for this team for a handful of years. First pick in the second round. I mean, that so number 31 right now is kind of wheelhouse for where the Bengals like to potentially, if they are to use a high pick, that's that's where they would use one on an interior offensive lineman, I would think. But uh, but to your point, I do think that it's it's free agency, a couple of developmental guys, and see what you got out of Smith and Carmen because they seem to really both they seem to like both of those guys. Yeah, I want, and I want to circle back to another thing that Charles said. He talked about Zim Hude bringing up, and, and we talked about Andrew who's talked about this too, being draft heavy uh, defense wise. I think they're going to be. I, I, I mean, again, I preface this always depends on what they're doing on offensive line. But if if Lionbog or a good offensive lineman is there, they're taking that guy at thirty one. If there's a good offensive lineman, they're they're taking that an offensive lineman at thirty one. But the rest of the draft could be ninety percent uh, defense because, you know, like I said, we we got to get better at that and. We got to get deeper in certain spots, especially secondary. And I don't want anybody to sleep with this. And I'm not against Eli Apple. I like Eli Apple. I want Eli Apple as my number four. <laughs> I don't want him as my Where two. it was originally designed. Right. right? That's exactly. where it was originally that's designed. A, that's, I've gotten so many arguments about this. You want him back at two? No, I never. I didn't want him at two last year. But right. I want him at four. So if you can get like Kobe Bryant or or uh, Pete, I'm saying his name, Petrie, Petrie from uh, uh, Baylor. If you get one of those guys in a second or, or third round, Sign me up for that. I, I I think Kobe Bryant could be a, a, a is going to be a very good cornerback in this league. And the way they design Lou designs the offense, you don't necessarily need a shutdown corner. You it's it's all by zone and, and the way they run the offense. You know, it, I think Kobe Bryant would fit in well with that. So speaking of fits and potential players, targets, etc., Dennis Fradel in the live YouTube chat asks, would you guys draft Jordan Davis at thirty one? And could he play next to DJ Reader? Well, if you know anything about the Cincinnati Bengals, they love them some Georgia defensive players. That is for sure. Now, Mm -hmm. that was more so in the Marvin Lewis era. I mean, you could go back to Odell Thurman and Geno Atkins. And, I mean, the list got David Pollock. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. Right. But uh, Jordan Davis, um, I I don't – he's kind of more the nose – Whereas Wyatt is the guy that's the three tech and the three tech is, is the area where the Bengals need to shore up because Larry Ogunjobi is a free agent Mm -hmm. because BJ Hill is a free agent. I, I, I really like Wyatt. Um, I I mean, I mean, Jordan Davis is a, is a beast and he's a big dude. He's like six, what I read six, six, three forty. I mean, just a mammoth of a, of a dude. Um, And you like that in the AFC North, you like that, you know, going you know if you're for depth i mean you're looking at potential issues with tupo and all that kind of stuff um so you you like that but i i I mean to me i i think you look especially because i don't i don't think the Bengals are able to keep both right hill and ogan joby as well as sign about i mean they probably could but it would be a stretch i know know tupo is not a three tech but but you still gotta you gotta try to bring that's three guys Hopefully they'll bring at least two of them back. And I, I think it's, I, I think I brought this up when John was on my show that I think it's going to be kind of like when, when Jordan and, and, uh, and, um, um, 
Oh, uh, why do I always forget his name? 96 for the Bengals. We just let him go last year. I can't forget his name. Uh, the defense, the, uh, the edge rusher. Dunlap? Dunlap? Yeah, Dunlap. I, I don't know why I have a brain cramp when it comes to his name. But when Jordan and Dunlap were free agents, <laughs> they had made an offer, and the first one to take it got the offer. The other one goes, they let go. I got a feeling they might do the same thing with Larry Gunjobi and B.J. Hill. They try to offer them the same thing and see which one takes it first, and the other one they let go. Maybe. Yeah. I, I Oddly enough, I think – I mean, I, I would love to have both of them back. Oh, I think, absolutely. I, I, think, I think most people – are leaning towards BJ Hill I am. as the guy. Mm-hmm. I, I might be leaning the opposite. Really? I just, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Well, I well, just, okay. Well, I think Larry I, if, to... if I had to choose one, I really, it's very, very close for me. Right. No, it's close. But, yeah. Larry, uh, I think has, has a better potential size wise and, and how he can impact the game than BJ does. He's just not as consistent. That's and BJ Hill. Yeah. We saw him when Larry got hurt, how consistent and how impactful he was. That kind of opened my eyes to okay this guy's a little more has a uh, maybe a better motor or whatever nothing against larry larry if you're watching the show i want you back <laughs> you know i'm not, yeah. not saying anything bad about it, but if you had to pick you know it's it's slightly bj over, over larry and it's it's a minuscule about like that yeah boy they they missed that i mean uh, hill still stepped up and made a number of plays in the postseason but when ogan joby went down and not having both of those guys mm-hmm. um man you, you felt that in the postseason and uh you know it would it would be nice if the Bengals are able to recreate something and that's why i would go with the other georgia defensive tackle right. potentially as an option along with signing one of those other three tacks and the, the whole point there again ice is the Bengals use free agency for the needs and mm-hmm. they try and use the draft. Duke Tobin has said this a bunch of times. They, they try and use free agency for the needs, shore up the, ro- the the really deficient roster areas. And then you try and go in as much as possible into the draft and do best player available. Obviously the 2020 draft is notwithstanding because they needed to get a quarterback and a wide receiver and they, you know, two really good ones fell on their lap, but mm-hmm. um you know, I mean, I, I, that's that's where we may see, you know, everybody's screaming offensive line right now, and all of a sudden they may make a couple of acquisitions in just a couple of weeks here where you go, well, maybe that plan changes, and you're looking <laughs> right. at a, a defensive line, a quarterback, right? Right. right. And what, one thing I, I want to say to you, you say they, they, they usually use the draft for, for best player available. Well, remember a couple mm-hmm. years ago, I think it was the year – what was the year we drafted? Was that 19? It wasn't – Burroughs. The year we drafted uh, Logan Wilson and Akeem Davis-Gaither and Marcus Bay. We went heavy up. That's 20. That's 20. Okay, we went heavy in linebackers and through the draft because we needed a linebacker. And we went heavy on linebackers and we went he- and defense and then we went heavy on defensive free agency. So we did both of them that, that year. So, you know, it's it, it, so yes, they do use the draft for, for, for best player available. But sometimes once a, a gaping hole like our linebackers were a couple of years ago, they went all in on, on linebackers. Yeah. Uh, okay, so now it comes to this one. Anthony Turner brings it up. Uh, Falele. Wow, this guy is absolutely this probably the biggest offensive lineman I've seen since Orlando Brown Jr. came out a few years ago. I mean, this this guy is massive and a guy that you know could be one of those you know right tackles of the future, but. When you are that big, there are problems with smaller speed guys. We've seen that before. Right. And right. in some of the senior bowl stuff and different different pre-draft workouts, that's been 
a thing with Falele. I mean, what do you what are you thinking about? I, I don't know how much you've looked into that guy, but uh, I'll, I'll give him is... a little bit. I mean, the the, the today on the NFL today, one of the Andrew uh, Siciliano, if I say his name right, you have, remember the the show Game of Thrones? Remember the guy yes. named Mountain <laughs> Mountain? That's what he, that's what he called him because he's freaking huge. And I I right. saw some of the tape. First, I really saw any tape of him on was on the NFL Network, and he's throwing guys around. So, but he all but they also brought up a point that. You know, he was in college. He's always bigger and faster and stronger than pretty much anybody he played. That's not going to be the same case in the NFL. And these guys are going to be faster than him. So am I interested? Heck yeah. Do I take him at 31? No. I don't know. I would I would hesitate, especially especially if Wyatt is there. I, that's that's who I'd like to see. But that, they have to fix the offensive line of free agency. So that's well, where I'm I, like. Yeah. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm just going to end up. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, I, I like him, but I'm not go, going out of my way to go get him. Is what I'm saying. Well, 384 is what he weighed in at. 384. 384. <laughs> uh, is, yeah, 384 is what he weighed in at. But uh, as the workouts are just underway here, uh, we're at a quarter after four Eastern. Um, we'll have to see kind of some of the splits when he runs and, and some of the, you know, the shuttle and all that kind of stuff, because that tells you quite a bit in terms of how he actually can move. One of my favorite accounts this year on Twitter, or this time of year rather on Twitter, is uh, Kent Lee Platt, who does kind of the, the RAS scores, the relative athletic scores, where you can see kind of that spider web and all that kind of stuff, and it, it lays out everything. I mean, look at this guy. It is unbelievable. <laughs> For 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 reference, arm length thirty five and a, thirty five and an eighth inches. Right. Linderbaum, the center, was literally four inches shorter than that with the right. arm length. That's unbelievable. Right. Three hundred eighty four yeah. pounds. It's just a matter of we know it, this guy gets his hands on you, you're done. Right? I mean, he, he literally took a guy and threw him right. <laughs> in the in the video I saw. I'm like, holy crap, that's awesome. Right. Modern <laughs> combine's heaviest player. Modern Combine's heaviest player ever by 15 pounds. And this is on NFL.com. Uh, so this, uh, this is a guy that, you know, he's from Minnesota, obviously, but um, this is a guy you, you gotta, you gotta keep an eye on. He might be one of those guys that hangs around if he doesn't run. I mean, remember Orlando Brown Jr. Yeah. He had ter- terrible workouts awesome. and he was this big guy. And so he fell and the Bengals could have drafted him. <laughs> I know. And they did not. And he's one of the better tackles in the league right now. Right. Not saying this will or won't be the case with this right. kid, but um, you know, this is something that, this is why we got to watch today to mm-hmm. see how this guy moves and runs and all of that, to see if that stuff Matt can match up some way right. with the size, because if he can move, if he could show mm-hmm. that he can move at that size, that's, that's a, that's, that's a huge. Yeah. That's a yeah, lot of clay to mold. Yeah, that that that's a lot, and, and like I said, I, it, it, we'll we'll see what the combines are, uh, of how he can move and stuff. That that's the the biggest issue is can he move and was he dominant because he played you know lesser competition, you know lesser guys. I mean, it wasn't like he played in the SEC or 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 the American Athletic Conference like the Bearcats. I mean, come on, so <laughs> that's, a little, that's a little tongue and tongue in cheek there. But it, it just it will depend on what he can do, and if he does the forty and it's you know, out the gym, it's faster than people. I mean, not, you know, he's not going to run a 4-4 or anything like that. But, I mean, if it's a fast 40 and he, he can move and everything and better than people think he can, that, that his stock's going to go up just like Lion Boggs went down. Now, one thing you have to look at, too, is these are, this arm length and size and everything that they're always talking about. Like, Jackpot Joey Burrow, remember, he's got small hands. 
Right. And that was kind of a big thing when it came out. Well, how's that worked out? General Williams, he's got short arms. He's been he's been okay. This is General Williams. This was General Williams' first full year playing in the NFL. That he didn't get hurt, you know. So right. he did okay. He didn't. He wasn't an All Pro. I think he'll be fine if they leave him at left tackle, even with his short arm. So the measurables, to me, you always have to take it with a grain of salt. You have to look at the tape and, and, and go look at what they do in the combine when they're doing these agility drills and stuff. And, and guys way smarter than me you do this for you know, 20, 30 years. They take all that stuff. They put it together. You have to take it. It's a mix and match of everything together. And then you got to go look at the tape and what he does there and put that on there. So all that combined – once you put that all together, you got to make your best guess because when he's this big, it's hard to, to pass up on him because they don't make people that, like this. This is not a normal size human being. <laughs> he is. He is not. Uh, <laughs> and I'm looking at I'm looking at the live uh, the live tracker here on at least 40 yard dash for offensive linemen. It doesn't appear he has run yet. Iki Iguanu, a guy a lot of people like from NC State, ran a 497. I think that's unofficial. He could have went to Yale. Did you know that? Yeah. And I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, I, really I didn't intriguing player, though. Yeah. He, he got accepted to Yale and decided to go. He went to go to NC State instead of Yale, which, I mean, I don't know, I, that, which is fine, but just, you never think of either one of them as football juggernauts. If, you know, I thought he right. would have picked. I don't know, something other than NC State, but it worked out for him. So what do I do? Yeah, yeah. So uh, a guy to keep an eye on, Kellen uh, Dyche, I think right now, is the he's the top 40-yard dasher. Uh, he's an offensive tackle out of Arizona State, ran an unofficial 492. So something to note. We'll keep an eye on some of this stuff as we are here. Are you still okay on time ice for a little bit? I know yeah, we yeah, got yeah. Charles who called in. He he asked here, I mean, uh, are you doing a show today, Ice? Yeah, yeah. Promote the heck yeah. out of that, my, my friend. Yeah, yeah, we're doing a show today. It's gonna to be me and my uh, seat neighbor Dale. From uh, he sits right, right behind me in one fifty eight. We're gonna have it's gonna be a, just a fun football Friday show. Him and uh, Orange Arrow actually have started their own podcast. Just gonna ask, yep. Yeah, it's called uh, Bengals and Brews. So make sure you guys check that out. I think they're doing it on Sunday again. Um, they got I think they got Willie Lutz coming on soon. Uh, I think Malik Reich's gonna be on sometime. So make sure you check those guys out. And so yeah, me and Dale will be on today at five thirty. It's just gonna be a fun. Fun football Friday. Going to sit there. I'll, I'll have the draft on. Not the draft. The combine on my TV so I can watch it, which I wish I would have turned it on now before I started talking to you <laughs> so I can see what's going on. But I forgot to do that. So, yeah, it's going to be fun. So, it'll be live today at 530 on the YouTube channel, Sports with Strawberry Ice. So, if you have not subscribed, I'm at 50, over 1,500 subscribers. I'm trying to get to 2,000 by the time the season rolls around. So, that's in September. So, tell your friends, tell your neighbors about Sports with Strawberry Ice and hit the subscription button. Yeah. Well, you'll... You'll far surpass that. I'm, I'm that. <laughs> I don't know. I'm um, not up there with Orange and Black. I mean, Orange and Black is our podcast. You guys, you guys are rolling, but nah. you also you also been doing a lot longer than I have too. So true. How long? Um, um, would you start in 2015? How long you been doing this? 2016. 2016. 2016. Okay. Yeah, yep. This is. I'm, I'm starting some, my my third year. Getting some sun glare over here. Uh, as always, this time of day in this room that I record, I get some nice, lovely <laughs> sun glare through this window. So I got a. You're in sunny Cali. Well, it rained earlier, but uh, not so. But the sun's out now, I guess. But uh, we'll see. Um, so we'll be here for a little bit longer. If you want to call or text 949 542 6241, leave a question or comment in one of the live chats we've got going. We've got quite a few listeners across uh, that are tuning in live across a multitude of different platforms. So happy to have all of you with us and happy to have Ice Man Jeff Trenopol joining us once again on the show and uh, hanging out, talking some combine and whatnot now here's an interesting one because this is a position group that i don't think a lot of people 
are talking about in terms of, you know, hey, this is a big need area. To me, this is the weakest position group. I mean, you could argue offensive line as a unit, but this is one of the weakest groups as it currently sits with players under contract, not under contract, tight end. Yep. Uh, This is a very, very weak group of players without CJ Uzama there. And even with him, you you may want to see some upgrades here. Just wanted to get your thoughts. Obviously, this is from uh, our, our buddy jo- John Sheeran here writing this up for Cincy Jungle. Relaying the news that an anonymous agent said that a, a prominent free agent tight end wants to play with Joe Burrow. And it's not Rob Gronkowski who already came yep. out and said that. It is a different one. I don't know if that means it's Kyle Rudolph, former local kid that uh, was recently released or what have you. Um, but a prominent, a quote, prominent Free agent tight end wants to play with Joe Burrow and the Joe Burrow effect is yeah. happening with free agency just a couple weeks away. Yeah, we talked about this on my show yesterday, I think it was. It came out yesterday or, or Wednesday it came out, and I talked about it. And and I, and and same thing when Gronk came out and said that he wants to play for – if he played for anybody, it would be Joe Burrow. I personally think Gronk's going to retire. But that's, like I said, the Burrow effect. that That's going to happen more and more. These are just guys that have came out and said that. They say prominent. Tight end, who knows who that is? But getting right. to your original question is yes, the tight ends I think needs to be addressed. I, I think I, I don't know about you, John. I, uh, John Anthony, I'll get you. I don't like called you John Anthony. I I don't. I'm not worried about the Bengals signing CJ. I think they'll sign him. I think he wants to stay here. I, I think it's gonna be a good fair contract for him and the Bengals. He's not one that I'm, I'm pressed at. Oh my God, we have to sign him. What I really don't want is I don't want Drew Shamble to be our backup tight end again. It would be nice, like I said on my show, is you know, every once in a while the Bengals will do a two two tight end set. And 90% of the time they're doing that, they're running the ball. It would be nice to have a chance for the tight ends to have two tight ends to catch the ball. You know, I mean not that Drew Shamble mm-hmm. can't catch the ball, but that's not his forte. He's more of a, a blocking tight end. So yes, I would like them to address that. And I think they can either in free agency or in the draft, because there are some pretty good tight ends here that we could possibly get in the fourth, fifth, possibly sixth round, maybe, you know, that, that could be, could be there. I, you know, I, I always wonder now, I mean, I know it's not necessarily a position that Zach Taylor likes to employ or talk about, but I mean, he kind of does it in some ways anyway, Drew Sample is kind of conversion to an H back. And then you have a little yeah. bit more of some, some dual tight end, like you said, a little bit more of the true tight end threats, receiving threats, whatnot um, on the outside there. That would be, that would be nice. I don't, you know, I don't know if that's in the plans there going forward, but um, we'll see. Uh, go Just a little bit of an update. One of the guys that I like for the Bengals uh, potentially at 31 because of versatility and tape and whatnot. Uh, Kenyon green uh, he came in, he's got pretty good, uh, arm length. Uh-huh. He did weigh in at 323, about a couple Ooh. pounds lighter than I thought he would be, but he is a true guard, probably best as a left guard, but has played four positions ice along the offensive line for Texas A&M. Yes. Kind of one of those fringe one round one round two type of guys. Six four three twenty three is what he measured in at 34 and an eight inch arms. That's pretty decent, especially for a guard. Big hands uh, did run a 5-2-9 40-yard dash. He's a little bit down there in terms of speed, but I'd really like to – I don't have the 10-yard split. I'd like to see that. Uh, only te- 20 on the bench press. I say only 20. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know what I would do these days. Like, <laughs> give, give the arm. But 
um, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I kind of expected maybe a little bit more from him, but still, yeah. um, you know, a, a good prospect. I, yeah. I, I got to see the, the, the cone, the shuttle and the, the, um, the 10 yard split on that. I didn't see that, but uh, that's just an update on one of the guys yeah. that we previewed a couple nights ago on our show. Well, what I like about him, and you guys have talked about this on your show, is I like the versatility. I mean, he's played, I think, both tackles and both guards and started at, at, at those positions at, at Texas A&M. So I, 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 like, I like the versatility. I, I think he, again, if he's there, which I don't know if all these guys are going to be there, you know, at 31. And now that, that's – all right, I'll put it to you this way. I, I just popped my head. What if, if Lannenbach's there or if, if, if uh, Green's there, which one are you taking at 31? <laughs> if both of them are there, which one are you taking? Uh, I I don't – I would look at it, and this is the way I'm answering this question. Um, I would – as a, if I'm looking at it the way the Bengals traditionally view players, the way they traditionally do things, mm-hmm. I actually think they would take Green over Lindenbaum potentially because mm-hmm. Green has the experience of playing yeah. four offensive line positions True. starting there in the sec and the Bengals, if we know anything about them Mm -hmm. and, and it's for better, for worse, they like versatility a lot on the offensive line, even if it sacrifices them potentially picking the guy, you know, the (laughs) dude, right? Right. Like the guy who's the dude, they like a player that could be like, Hey, you know what? If we have an injury over here, they could be an emergency guy here. They can, they like having that roster flexibility. They like having that that versatility out of offensive linemen. So if I'm if I'm utilizing the Bengals' mindset, I would think that if the decision came down to that, they may go with Green simply because of the versatility. We got to see how the rest of the workouts go and all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, I, 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 I think just, you, that's just my thinking. No, um, I, I think that. you just changed my mind. I was like, yeah, because first I'm saying no, line ball because he's the guy. I I keep saying his name wrong, um, because uh, he's the man, but. With the short arms coming out, you never know. But to what you just said, they do like versatility, which, okay, I'm going to roll that back to free agents. And we talk about Cobert with the, the guard for the Rams, who can who has played uh, both guards and center. So that's another reason why I, as far as we go back to free agency, he's a guy that they might be willing to pay more. I know he's a guard, but he can play other positions too. Mm-hmm. So he might be in line with what the Bengals are thinking that we could actually pay him more money because he could play other positions than just guard. It's also why I don't, I don't know that Trey Hopkins is going anywhere this year. He has experience starting at guard positions and center. And I know you, I know you, we said this before we we took the air that you were Mm -hmm. catching some hell from people about him being a, a guard option. Yeah. Um, and he has, he did not play very well as a guard at the end. None of them level, did. But, but, <laughs> but right. But the, the point is, is he has NFL starts at right. both of those posi- positions and the Bengals value that. Well, and the thing is too, if they, they don't usually NFL, no matter what the NFL team is, they usually don't take a guy who's awful at one position and move him to another position. That's even harder. I mean, I'm sorry. Playing center is harder than playing guard. You got the snap count. You got uh, picked up right. the mic guy, to, you know, everything that goes on. That's for yeah. yeah, all the pre read stuff, even before you even snap the ball. And then you got to snap the ball. That's totally different, too. And block. And block. <laughs> so it's way different and, and way harder than guard. So that's where I'm like, yeah, but he's been, I don't care what anybody says last year. Yes, it kills me when people get on Hopkins. He was injured. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. he had a torn ACL that he came back and didn't miss a freaking game. So that's where I wish people give Trey a little bit of, of a break. And personally, I'm okay if he's our center next year and we have 
somebody behind them that could possibly take over the next year. But the way the offensive line performed and just the way the Bengals are, I see them getting a center, you know, and a, possibly kicking him over to guard. Just my thoughts. And I don't think they're going to, they're not going to cut him because he's not that expensive and he can play guard, yep. <laughs> you know, they already have it. So I, you know, anyway, yeah. well, <laughs> Jeff, you got you, you're going on in an hour. So we'll start wrapping this thing up in, in a minute here. Here's a question from Tony Arnold in our live YouTube chat. I have a little bit of a quick question off script. Obviously we're talking combine and whatnot, but this, this is a pertinent question. It's not totally off the wall. Basically saying, you know, do you think Joe Mixon would do better with a halfback in front of him as a lead? I think I think that's situational. I think that's dependent. My whole thing is get the guy a line. Right. If you look back, that, exactly. It's, it's not even the halfback thing. It's just yeah. when line. you look at his 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 Whole second second, <laughs> his his second best season. Uh huh. As a, his his best season as a pro was this year. Right. 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 And Frank Pollock was there. His mm-hmm. second best season as a pro was in 2018 when Frank Pollock was there. Frank Pollock has the title of run game coordinator. They are committed to getting that run game working on some level. Yes, they they like to pass the ball and throw the ball because of who their quarterback is, who their receivers are, but they want to get the ball to Joe Mixon. That is for sure. My look at the lines that he ran behind. Mm-hmm. He was hurt and he was hurt a lot in 20. So we can scratch that one off the list right. here. But you look at 2018 and that line he was running off behind. It was like Clint Bowling and who? Right. I mean, exactly. it was, it was like you know Alex Redman and and then you had the Bobby Hart years and you had all these kind of, and, and you the go swing well, game man. Bobby Hart <laughs> yeah I mean if you just get him a capable line now Mixon will he's kind of like Burrow in a way where there there'll be a couple of runs where he tries to make something happen and it's a big net loss right mm-hmm. I mean that's just it happens probably once a game twice a game and you go right. man just hit the hole right but there are other times when he does that and he's real patient and he finds the crease. And it's a big play. So imagine with a more capable line when there are more of those creases, more frequently creases that are open to him, that's going to be the key to him. Not necessarily a halfback, not necessarily the H-back like I mentioned with Sample. I don't know what you think, but to me, it's just kind of an easy solution. Yeah, I I could agree with you more because, I mean, how nice would it be if if Mixing can just make his first cut past the offensive line where there's a hole he can run through? I mean, that never happens. And then I'll preface that too as, as Jack by Joey Burrow. What if Joe could actually get to his third read? <laughs> you know, yep. this offense, look, we went to the Super Bowl with this, and, and the offense line, there were times that it played pr- fairly good. I mean, the, there were times that mm-hmm. it did, it performed fairly well. When That's Riley why he had his best season. Yeah. Right. When Riley Reef got hurt, that was a big loss. I mean, it was. And Jax Carmen did not. They needed Jax Carmen to be a plug and play guard. He wasn't. I think eventually he will be. Those are the issues that we had with the offensive line. If you get that fixed, because people ask me this during the season, why are we not throwing the ball more? Why are we, why is our offense so so inconsistent? Why is this? I'm like, because we have an inconsistent offense line. You don't know mm-hmm. what you're getting from snap to snap, let alone game to game. I mean, toward the end of the season, Anthony, Fred Pollock's doing a rotation with Jackson Carmen and Akima Deneji. And we went to the Super Bowl <laughs> right, with that right. line. That's why right. I get so excited is, is if they, or I'm not going to say if, when they fix this offensive line, dude, we're going to be scary. It's going to be what T. Higgins and Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd and Joe Mixon and CJ Zama can do. I, I can't wait. And that's what I'm like. I'm so – I can't wait for free agency. <laughs> like, I'm just biting. Everybody keeps talking about draft. I'm like, I want to know what's going on in free agency. I am chomping at the bit to find out what they're going to do because 
to me, that sets the stage for the whole offseason and, and the season to come. What they do in, in the offseason of free agent right now. To me, this is the biggest, this could be the biggest free agents uh, offseason the Bengals have ever had. Either either they're going to hit a home run like they've done the last couple of years, or it's going to be a bust. One, one or two. I'm hoping for the home run. I, I think we all are. But, I mean, if you think about it, for, you know, a lot of people are going, well, you know, how good of a job did Frank Pollock do last year? Well, number but one, the, pe- the penalties <laughs> – the penalties were cut down drastically mm-hmm. as opposed to the years prior. Um, number two, a lot of the, the really the drive killing plays were limited to the sacks and whatnot, but not the holds, not the false starts, not all that stuff because technique was taught well this year. Joe Mixon had a career year. Yes, because he was healthy, but also because of just the play in front of him. And when you, when you look at it and you talk, you know, if people are questioning Frank Pollock, out of one side of their mouth on the other side of the mouth, they're saying, well, Jonah Williams, is he really a left tackle or is he an interior offensive lineman? Trey Hopkins needs to be replaced. I don't know if there's a, uh, you know, if Quentin Spain is, is a guy that you want to keep around what's going on at right guard, what's going on. You're basically talking about upgrading, replacing, moving almost every, you know, fans are talking about every single offensive line spot. Mm-hmm. And yet you had a career year from Joe Mixon. The penalties decreased quite a bit. And the Bengals got to the Super Bowl. Yes, Joe Mixon took way too many hits and sacks. And so you kind of say, well, right. what did he have to work with? And look what he did with what he had to work with. If you're talking about replacing some, most, or all of these guys. Right. The other, But, you know, at the same time, the counter argument to that is, well, he had a hand in not really pushing for different players potentially to be brought in. But I still think this was always a, a, a multi-year design in terms of, Fix the defense the first couple of years in free agency in the draft. Mm-hmm. Get your quarterback and wide receivers the next couple of years. And then now it's like, okay, meat and potatoes time, lines, right. trenches, et cetera. Now, one thing I say about that, and I can't remember who said this. It might have been the locked on guys. But every position coach has had their voice heard, and they, they've listened to them. Like, you know, last couple of years has been Lou Anarumo and the defense. You know, before that, it was – and also Zach and, and, and Brian Callahan with the offense, getting Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Now, this year, I think it's Frank Pollock. And if you listen to what um, – I'm going to promote James's channel again. But James had on since that Bengals talk. He, he did a, a, the video of Frank Pollock. Frank Pollock, he's at the Combine. They're in, in their hotel rooms watching film and all this stuff. Frank's not watching film on the guys at the Combine. He's watching film of free agents because he said that's what he'd be doing right now if he wasn't out there talking to them. That tells me they're listening to Frank Pog, and this is his his time to, to get what he wants. You know, he, he wanted a year with getting somewhat what he wanted, but not all in. That's where I think they're going to be all in on the offensive line like they were with defense, like they were with offense the last couple of years. I really do think Frank Pollock is going to get what he wants, or at least get, get close to what he wants. I don't know if he gets exactly what he wants, but close to what he wants. Yeah, they're going to have to you have to pay some money. They're going to have to invest and uh, and develop. And the other thing is, there's now now. I mean, depending on who they do bring in, ice they've added a third offensive line coach. Yes, so you got Pollock, mm-hmm. you have Martin, and you have the the new coach coming in here. A lack of development, a lack of getting players in here. Uh, you know, the Joe Burrow. I mean, there's not really the excuses are. I mean, I know it's only year two of the new Frank Pollock time but i mean mm-hmm. the excuses would run thin if you're if you have three position coaches there and you try and re- overhaul the line well this is one thing that willie anderson w- was saying too that they needed another position coach i think willie anderson wanted wanted to be that guy but which i think would have been a great mm-hmm. pick but 
either way, they they got that guy there, which uh, the guy they have who slips my his name slips my mind right now, but he's worked with Frank Pollock before with the Jets, so they have a working relationship already. And the thing is, like I, like I said before, they 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 are listening to their coaches more now, I think, than they've ever listened to them in the history of the Bengals, just because of the what they've done the past couple of years in free agency and in the draft of listening to, to especially Lou and Arumo. Cause I mean, I, I've raised my hand. I, I thought Lou should be gone after last year. I called him armadillo for two years. You know, mm-hmm. I, I called it the armadillo defense. I didn't know what in the world they were trying to do. I, I was wrong. I'm glad I was wrong. I mean, Lou and Arumo has done a phenomenal job and he finally got the right guys in the building to do what he wants. And that's where I think Frank Pollock, I think it's, it's his time to get his guys in the building and, because he, Frank said he's, they're not, it's not crazy to talk to, about moving Jonah. I, I think that goes for, for Hopkins too. It's, it's not crazy talk to go out and get, he said he wants athletes. He wants gla- glass eaters. Like I said, he's looking at guys in free agency. So I think something's going to happen. I, 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 I could see us getting two, but I think we're going to get one big one. And I think, I think the very good chance it's going to be Jensen because out of Pac-Man Jones, I know people want to go, well, it's, mm-hmm. it's Pac-Man. He, he, he probably knows more people in the NFL than you and I do combined. So if he's heard something and he's willing to say it, there, there might be something there. So if you get Jensen and he's just saying you get Trent Brown at, at uh, right tackle and then you have Covert at guard and then you get Hopkins at the other one and then you get, you get um, Carmen and you got Deontay Smith sitting back for another year to develop and take over in 2023, sign me up for it, dude. Yep. And, and, and none of those uh, guys are really going to kill you at money either, except for Jensen. Sorry. Yeah, no, you're good. Uh, Derek Frazier is the other assistant offensive yes, line coach. And of course, he came from Wyoming, but also coached with Frank Pollock at the Jets. So hopefully that synergy along with working with Ben Martin again last year, right. hopefully all that breeds a lot of good, uh, a lot of good stuff going forward. While we're over an hour, I know you've got your show coming on deck here. Ice, I appreciate your time. Um, this has been a lot of fun, man. I always love chatting with you, whether it's on your Absolutely. show or ours. And, uh, you know, we always have a nice little, uh, I wish this was like over beers or something. You know, what I mean? know that's, like, what, that's what we have, <laughs> have, to, have to do that sometime. We'll just have that. have to have a, uh, well, next time you come here, we'll, we'll, we'll have to definitely get together. Cause I know you wanted to do it uh, after the game, uh, the first game of the year in Minnesota. Dude, I was so wore out. I'm old. <laughs> I, like, well, I was so wore out. Like, dude, I, I I would drink like one beer and I would have been asleep. <laughs> yeah, been my, well, we also, yeah, I had, I had my my nephew who's awesome. Uh, yeah, and, it was, yep. and he had a great time. He's 15, so we can't do just the 21 and over places. We have to go to the, the family restaurant <laughs> right, type places. Exactly. But, um, but, I mean, it was awesome having him. But, uh, no, I mean, the hope is that I'm, I'm coming out to one, if not more, games again next year and then maybe spending a few more days there just to see – a lot of people maybe do an on-site, you know, get-together show, that sort Absolutely. of thing. It'd be fun to, fun to do that sort of thing. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But um, once again, before we get out of here, your show, where it's available, where people can follow you, all that good stuff. Absolutely. It's on YouTube. Uh, it's live every day, Monday through Friday. It's going to be starting here at 530 today. Uh, it's called uh, Sports with Strawberry Ice. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, all of it under Sports Strawberry Ice. Yes, I'm an old guy does some silly TikTok videos, which is mostly just talking trash about the other teams. So they're kind of fun. Um, and then the podcast, it's on it's Sports Strawberry Ice on Beanpod, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher Play. Pretty much wherever you guys get your podcast, make sure you check it out. Rate, like, review. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on, Ice. I, I appreciate it. We had a lot of fun, and thanks for the folks who 
uh, chimed in with some questions, but uh, take care and go, go get your, your good show set up here with, uh, with one of your buddies, Dale Altman here. Yes, sir. Bengals and Brews. Absolutely. Take, care, day. take it easy. All right. See you, buddy. Uh, we're going to get out of here in just a second. Thanks to Ice. He is a great, great dude, and his show is a lot of fun. So go check it out in just a little bit here. We're going we're gonna to wrap up our show in one minute. I saw. I think I saw something that was a little bit of potentially breaking news. I will uh, look for that in just a second. Maybe a, a rumor mill thing. I could be wrong, um, but I will check on that. Regardless, in the meantime, you can get this show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and all of the other major streamers. We are on all of them. Of course, you can get the show on YouTube uh, at the bottom corner here of the screen, which is right down here. You can click that OBI icon to subscribe. Click the bell to be notified when new content is available, when we go live, all of that. We were missing our buddy John today. It was my bad. I... Uh, let him know a little late. I've had a chaotic week, but it's been a lot of fun regardless. And uh, so at any rate, we missed him, but you can get our show with me, John, and all of that on our YouTube channel. And of course, our show is on the Cincy Jungle Podcast channel where it's on all of the audio streamers. And oh, by the way, you can go get Ace and Zim's show, Orange is the New Black, and Coach Speak and Chalk Talk by Matt Minnick, all part of the Cincy Jungle Podcast channel, which is within the SB Nation network of podcasts. Real quick, via Lindsay Patterson, uh, who does great work, uh, formerly of the Inquirer and now with All Bengals. John, uh, she relayed a tweet from John Hendricks, uh, who does Saints News with SI. Uh, he says he, quote, keeps hearing the Bengals as the Saints opponent for the London game. Uh, and I will share this real quick. This is a biggie. And uh, shout out once again to Lindsey Patterson for relaying this uh, to, to get it on the timeline here. But here is John Hendricks covers the Saints. Keep hearing Bengals as the Saints opponents for the London game. So you may want to start getting your passports in order. You may want to <laughs> get, get your plane flights in order. We'll see what happens. Obviously, that'll be announced sometime soon. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But keep that on the radar. And I know the Bengals went there in 2018 or 2019. I think it was 2019, maybe um, that, and that was a, a heck of a time, despite it being a pretty dismal season for the team. So maybe we'll see all of you out there, whether it's from this show or what have you, but uh, keep that on your radar. We'll, we'll be hearing more about that. Thanks for tuning in everybody. Thanks for submitting your questions. We'll have more coming at you. We're going to be bringing your prospect profiles and whatnot, not only on the Wednesday show, but uh, you, you'll get those clips on the YouTube channel as well. So that's why you got to subscribe there. And of course, um, we'll be bringing all kinds of different stuff. The, the big show with John and myself happening headlines, more content creators. We've already got feelers out to a bunch of other great ones that'll be joining us as guest hosts. So we're looking forward to that. Take care, everybody. Have a great weekend. Go check out Ice's show. I know our boys Ace and Zim are going live later tonight as well, so go check out their show, and we will talk to you all soon. Take care.